Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 8, starting at verse 1. God's not for sale. You cannot buy God off with threats, intimidation, or money. And the things of Christianity are not for sale. You cannot buy Jesus. You cannot buy the Holy Spirit. His gifts, His fruit. You cannot buy the cross. You cannot buy the church. And you cannot buy heaven. I was thinking about the Roman Catholic Church with indulgences. And they used to sell these scrolls that would be stamped, sealed, signed. And you could write, the priest could write in the name of your loved one who was in hell. And if you paid money, you could buy this indulgence and get them out of hell, get them out of purgatory, and get them into heaven. And I thought, oh no. You cannot buy heaven. (laughs) Crazy. But people try to buy the things of God as we see today. And heaven's not for sale. But it is a gift. The things of God are free through grace and mercy and love. Spread the church and the word. Persecution is breaking out now. They have killed our food ministry director, Stefan. But if you kill one, another one will take his place, Philip. Because we had seven waiting on tables. You kill one, another one comes. And as you destroy the church and you massacre the Christians and you burn their facilities down and you harass them and you jail them, they spread and they grow. And with the Christian goes the Holy Spirit, goes Jesus and goes the word of God. And as the Christians spread, so does the church and the Great Commission begins. Let's read it. Chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him, Stephan, to death. We just finished the first martyr of the church, Stephan. The Holy Spirit has moved from giving Jesus signs and wonders and blessings and the baptism of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' life. It has now moved to the great apostles. And now it has moved to the food ministry directors. It has moved to the church, and it is spreading the gifts, the signs, the wonders, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit have are now passing on. There is a progression in the book of Acts all the way to today. The things of the Spirit are still for today. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
It's just like Jesus at the great uh, ascension. He gives the great commission, and he says, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and you will start, you know, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem. Yes, the starting place, the mega church, And then Judea through Israel. And then Samaria, the Samaritans, the half-breeds, the dogs, the goyim that the Jews hated. The gospel goes to them. And then Acts is going to be missionary work. The gospel will go to the ends of the known world. Now, it's not because the church wanted to do it. (laughs) It's persecution forced them to do it. They were one big, happy, mega church in Jerusalem of over 10,000 plus. But as the persecution starts, the church is broken up. It is stamped, it is spread, and they run for cover, run for the hills. And now they go underground, stealth, hidden house churches, little churches, and they spread to the ends of the earth, and they come all the way to Reno and Sparks, Nevada. Praise the Lord, they didn't all stay in Jerusalem. But the apostles stayed. Jerusalem becomes the headquarters It is the council of Jerusalem, the great apostles. And I think the apostles stay to give encouragement and strength to the church, that they're not afraid, that they will suffer whatever the Sanhedrin pours out. And yes, most of our apostles are martyred. But they stay in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is the base and the headquarters of the church. Verse 2, some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. Jews are good at crying and mourning. They let it out. They yell and wail and scream and they throw dust on their hair and they roll in the ground and they rip their clothes. Oh, but Americans, no, hold it in, don't cry, be a man. (laughs) What? Let it out. Show God your heart. Show your your love and your devotion for the deceased. And they have an incredible funeral for Stephan, the deacon, or I call him the food ministry director waiting on tables, a servant leader. Verse 3, But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women He would put them in prison. He was there at Stephen's martyrdom. He kept the cloaks and the robes. You know, the priest, here, take my beautiful holy robe. I don't want to get blood on it from Stephen. And Saul is holding their robes, taking care of their stuff. And he is in agreement. His heart is with them to kill Stephen. At a young age, he becomes enemy number one of the church. And Stephen, the blood of Stephen starts an outpouring of persecution. And Saul rises up. He's the the power broker of the Sanhedrin and a Pharisee. And he harasses and incarcerates and is part of the killing of Christians, persecution of the church. It spreads. The church goes underground, and it still is today. 
I worked with the underground church in communist China, witnessing to the Chinese, and they said, well, we have government-approved churches. The church need not go underground. But the government-approved churches are controlled. What they say, don't really talk about resurrection and miracles and that God is above the state and, you know, we've got to censor the church. I know when I worked with the Baptist missionaries, the the communists said, you cannot support both the government-approved church and the underground church. So you know what the Baptists did? They withdrew all their support, all their missionaries and fundings from the government church, and they poured it all to the underground church. Praise the Lord. That's who I went with, the underground church, smuggling Bibles and pastor helps and meeting with the ministers all over mainland China. Communist countries, Muslim countries, the church is oppressed, burned down, beat up, hidden, stealth, like the early church. Verse 4, therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. You see, as the Christians ran wherever they went, they took with them Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the word of God. So maybe God has scattered you and sent you, and lo and behold, you're in Reno, Nevada. (laughs) You're in this horrible workplace. You're the only Christian. You're in this neighborhood, and there's no believers. You're the light, and you bring with you Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word. I encourage you, you need to memorize a few verses because you need to give people the Word. You know, yesterday I had... The Jehovah Witnesses knocking on my door. Come on in. (laughs) Boy, let me quote you some verses. I have a verse for you. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And I told my Jehovah Witnesses, they are always in twos, Jehovah won't save you. Only Jesus. And boy, that shook them up. Because they think Jesus is just an archangel. Oh no, Jesus is God. Where does it say that? Well, I agree with the Apostle uh, Thomas, who bows and worships the risen Lord, and he says, My Lord and my God. Oh no, that must be a mistake. (laughs) It's right there in your own... New World Translation, God with a capital G. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes I try to encourage people in recovery, you know, battling addictions, vices, and, and it's good to have a verse for someone. And I, I shared with someone, I said, I have a verse for you from Proverbs. The wise man falls seven times and gets up again, and the fool falls once and stays there. What does it mean? It means persevere one day at a time. Don't give up. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. What matters is are you standing. So you need to find some verses, memorize some verses, because you are to give out the word of God. You are to give out a prayer. I see you're crying. You're sad. Can I pray for you? Oh, yes. Oh, you seem so down. I have a scripture for you. I want to give you God's love. I want to meet your needs. Hey, I want to give you a survival sack. I noticed your little sign. Anything will help. Wow, I'm so excited. I'm going to get a Bible from the thrift store to give to the Washoe County Jail. 
because those prisoners are locked up for hours and hours with nothing to do but read. Wow, it's another way to spread the word of God like the early church. Reach your city for Jesus. It is our new evangelist, Philip. Man, they killed one food ministry director, Stephan, but now Philip is the next in line. He rises up to the occasion. Verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Just like Jesus. Didn't Jesus go to the Samaritans, the woman at the well, the half-breeds? the dogs, Goyim, because they compromised with the world, they married pagans, they turned from the true religion of Judaism. But now the gospel goes to Samaria. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Well, I thought that was just with the apostles. No, it's spreading to the food ministry, the kids' ministry, the youth, the teachers, the, the servants. It's spreading through the whole church. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverances. It's spreading all the way here today. The gifts are for today. Seven, for in the case of many who had unclean spirits or being demon-possessed, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. It is deliverance and it is healings. I've heard the screams of demons coming out of human voices. I hate that. This lady, she's tracking me down. Pastor John, Pastor John, do you believe in demons? Do you think someone can be possessed? Oh, yes. Well, get it out of me. It's tormenting me. I played with the devil and I can't get him out. Okay, <laughs> it's a thing I hate. I, I hate that the worst. The demons kind of freak me out. I say, well, you come with me to my environment with my pastors in a holy church and we'll get it out. And she said, I went to other pastors and they don't believe in demons and nobody would help me. Come on, we'll help you. But it's not my thing, but we'll help you. And I heard it scream and make her go into convulsions and throwing up. And the, ah, it grosses me out. It scares me. But it came out. <laughs> and I've done that more than once. Demons are for real. And I've heard their hideous screams. I've also seen supernatural healings right before the operation, right at the altar, right here in the church, again and again. It's for today, the gift of healing. So there was much rejoicing in that city. You see, when the Christians bring the Holy Spirit, when we bring the gifts and the power of God, and we push back the darkness and the evil, the city rejoices. Reno and Sparks, yay, God is in this place. Jesus has set me free. I've experienced God's love and peace. We have some, uh, I don't know if you've heard about the radio station. In a couple months, we're going to have the radio station on the air, K-Book 93.3. We're going to own and operate 
uh, Calvary Chapel radio station. And some of the pastors, they keep calling me, when are you going to be on the air? We're ready. Our programs are ready. We want to bring the gospel to Reno, Nevada and Sparks. We're so excited. We want all those people coming on vacation and gambling and they're driving in their car. We want them to hear our radio programs. We've been praying for Reno. Why is Reno so significant to you? Oh, it's important. There's so many people there. It's a very lost place. We've got to get the gospel on the airwaves of Reno and Sparks. Praise the Lord. Get it any way you can. Spread the news. Reach your neighborhood for Christ, one person at a time. I moved back to my old house and met my neighbor, and he's like, oh, you're a pastor? What church? Oh, Calvary Chapel. I got to go. I got to go to church. And I didn't even invite him. I just met him. I got to go to church. Then my neighbor on the back said, oh, yeah, that's so neat. Oh, I really wanted to meet you. And then uh, another neighbor uh, yesterday said, can I borrow your lawnmower? <laughs> How do you reach your neighborhood? You become friends. You help them. You lend them things. I guess you could bake a pie, but I'm not into baking. But you could bake something or buy them something. You bring something over. Meet your neighbors. Spend time with them, care about them, have them over. And then when you find their pains and their hurts, you cry with them, you pray with them, you give them a scripture verse. <laughs> you invite them to church. Come on with me to church. It's not that hard, but you got to invest in people. Give some of yourself. Save Simon the sorcerer. That evil, demonic, heathen, perverse, nasty, wicked Satan worshiper. Let him go to hell. Oh no, Jesus loves him too. You know, that witch, that warlock, that evil person, that atheist, that violent, horrible sinner, ex-con, whatever. Jesus is after him. The gangbanger, the Muslim terrorist. I mean, you think of the most horrible, evil, wicked people. Jesus loves them and he wants to save them and he wants you to give them the gospel. And we're going to see an evil Satanist come to the Lord. Verse 9. And there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is what is called the great power of God. They're attributing him to being uh, divine and have God's power with a capital G. It is the great wizard of Oz, the great and powerful. <laughs> and he has his followers from Emerald City, yes. Uh, but it was all trickery and smoke and mirrors, right? It was a big gadget machine and the smoke and the fire. And don't look at that man behind the curtain. <laughs> He's a fraud. 
human powers. Some in the occult have human powers, but some have demonic powers. Uh, I've encountered and been invited to the covens in uh, Lemon Valley and the old one in Virginia City. Of course, I'd never go. They'd love to sacrifice a pastor on the altar. (laughs) Witnessing to the occult members, you know, and telling them, you know, why are you serving the devil? Here you're this young, strong, good-looking young man. You have your whole life ahead of you, and you're a Satan worshiper, freestyle? Well, my mom raised me into this. (laughs) And I'm like, well, let me show you about the devil. And I showed him verses. Here's what happens to the devil. He will be under our feet. We will crush him. He will burn in hell. His side will lose, and his followers will go down. Jesus will win. Choose the side of victory. Well, I've never seen these verses. I have to think about this. Showed him the origin of Lucifer and his pride. And I will, I will rise above the stars of heaven. I will be like the Most High. I said, the devil's deceived. He's going to mess you up. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Sometimes you got to witness to the most evil and wicked people, but I don't want that person to get saved. Wasn't that Jonah? I don't want Nineveh to get saved. <laughs> you got to witness to whoever God says. Verse 11, And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. It's the old village witch doctor, and he gets saved. And it's weird how Christianity can come into an evil place, voodoo, santeria, uh, the occult, witchcraft, you know, Indian magic. Oh, don't mess with the Paiutes. That's a demon. We've got to get that out of you, sister. <laughs> Man. And when Christianity comes in and it comes into an evil, dark a culture, it changes things and the people get saved and they leave the superstition and the evil and the occult and the witchcraft and they come to Christ. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized men and women alike. What was Philip giving them? The good news, the gospel, and giving them the name of Jesus. Jesus will set you free. When I've battled people in the occult, man, I say Jesus a lot. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I bind you. You cannot speak. Come out of that person in the name of Jesus Christ. He gave them the name of Jesus, and they believed, and they were baptized. They're coming through the food ministry director. (laughs) Any Christian can witness. Verse 13, even Simon, this witch, this warlock himself, believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. It's not the apostles anymore. It's Philip. 
doing great miracles. God is using him. You don't have to be a great pastor, evangelist, televangelist, gone to seminary. You could just be a servant of Christ, and God can give you a gifting and a miracle. You could pray for someone, and they can be healed. It's the power of the church. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, our dynamic duo, Peter the rock, the leader of the church, and John the beloved, Jesus' closest disciple. They come to Samaria to see what the Spirit is doing and to give a second experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he, the Holy Spirit, had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.